0: Philadelphia voters have a dizzying choice in the May Democratic primary for mayor, and we want to help with the decision by helping you get to know the candidates. I'm Pat Loeb, KYW News Radio City Hall Bureau Chief, and I'll be speaking with the candidates in a podcast series we're calling Who's Running for Philly Mayor? In this episode, I'm talking to Helen Gim. She came to Philadelphia to study at Penn and came back in the 90s to get a graduate degree from Penn, but it's hard to believe she hasn't been here all her life she is a stalwart of local activism. In 2000, she helped keep a new Philly stadium out of Center City. Later, she helped kill a casino near Chinatown, too. But she's perhaps best known as a public schools advocate. She was a founder of the public school notebook. In 2010, she sued the district after a brutal attack on Asian American students at South Philadelphia High School and won a landmark settlement that forced the district to create new policies on bullying and ethnic intimidation. Welcome, Helen Gim. And first of all, you were really effective as an activist. Organizing, have- usually I say. <laughs> okay, so for you, going inside government was almost like switching sides. What made you run for city council in 2015? Um, well, I've always believed in municipal
1: government and I've always believed in local, local government because it's so connected, uh, to local movements for change. And I really believe that we can do a lot more at the municipal level, at the local level, um, especially in big cities like Philadelphia to impact the quality of our, uh, the quality of our schools, um, to make sure that Government is actually working in the public interest to transform climate, to bring affordable housing and real economic opportunity into communities that have long been left behind. Um, to me, it wasn't a big leap to go from, um, from organizing and community work into municipal government, in large part because uh, I feel local government is rooted in politics that are formed at at the municipal level and neighborhoods and communities all across the city. And when those things begin to align, um, I see a real chance for government to work in the public interest. And that's what I was pushing for when I went in. That's why I think we were able to turn around a disinvestment and school closings into a school modernization effort. That's how I think we took a focus on housing where we once evicted 22,000 households a year and created the country's most successful eviction prevention program.
0: And before you entered government, you Mm -hmm. also started a charter school, Mm -hmm. but your feelings about charter schools have changed. And I wonder if that ever gives you pause about other positions that you take. Is there ever a moment when you think, I wonder if this is really going to prove in the long Mm -hmm. run to be the way to go? Yeah. I, you know, I've, been very clear that,
1: you know, my work covers almost 30 years of education um, reform, education promises, and my focus is on the healthiest public school system that we can have. And so I've felt that charter schools can play a small supplemental role around a quality public school system, but it can't replace one. And so as mayor, my focus has always been on making sure that the most available highest quality option in any school system is their local neighborhood public school. And it's why I've spent so much time investing in education and teachers in the health and well-being of young people and seeing children beyond a test score, um, making sure that schools are welcoming places that they can grow and learn and not just the remediation for, you know, um, for the most limited kinds of education. But we provide all sorts of opportunities because ultimately we're taking care of young people from the moment they step in as toddlers to uh, to through adulthood. Um, but and I'm,
0: I'm thinking th- more of policy issues that that may it, it, that you're thinking may evolve on over time, like defund the police. Is that something that you reflect on now and say maybe that wasn't the best approach or? I don't think we took a
1: strong position on that. You know, 14 out of 17 members in 2020, when we were slashing our budgets, voted not to uh, have a significant increase for the police department and to simply flat funded. Um, that is a very different narrative than what what I think some people are interpreting. Our police budget is the highest in history. It's grown by 25 percent during the time that I've been on council. And, you know, in many cases, um, I voted for it and I continue to believe that, uh, you know, I am in charge of uh, departments and will continue to make sure that they work in the best interest. But the core area around around this is about how to make policing work better for our city, given the amount of investment we've put into it. And in a situation where police are not the only operatives for how to ensure the public safety, we need to shore up a lot of other areas that have fallen through. And that includes, most importantly, um, how making sure that we're solving crimes, that we are supporting uh, individual victims and survivors of violence, that we are improving our nine one one response times, and that we are uh, intervening, especially for young people who are in the path of violence. Those things will take policing and much more, and we have not done enough on the other alternatives.
0: Okay, so no to past decisions don't give you pause about <laughs> future. No, we ones. made we
1: made clear decisions at the time that we, when we were slashing budgets, we kept we kept one department flat funded.
0: Okay. So you mentioned eviction diversion. You also passed fair workweek legislation. Uh, you championed clean water for public schools from council. That seems like public benefits, like what any citizen would want to see their government do. So why are some people so afraid of you? <laughs> are they? I've heard. I, I think what I what what i wanted
1: to do when i came onto city council was to show that we could do big things that transformed the ways in which people live to ensure that we could have better housing that we could improve the quality of our schools and that it had to start from a real big local vision that was in concert with people on the ground if people are threatened by that, it is simply proof that the tired ways of status quo politics and individuals who told us that we couldn 't have nurses and counselors in our schools when we actually could have that we couldn 't figure out housing that was smart and benefited um, you know and kept the health and well being of the city in shape when we could have um, are simply the people who have always held us back. The things that hold us back in our city are not these you know terrible things that are impossible to overcome. Too many times the things that hold us back in Philadelphia are the old politics that tell us that we can't think any differently and that the same people have to be in power all the time. And I think what I brought in was uh, not only um, a big vision, a real sense of energy and small, smart policies. I brought in a community movement that said that we're going to live differently. We want our government to work in the public interest. We want real outcomes that make a difference in people's lives. And when we deliver that, we're not just solving problems here in Philadelphia. We're becoming a model for the nation.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, if some people are afraid of you, others think you're the best thing that ever happened to city government. You draw passionate opinions on both sides for and against. So. How would you govern the city when there's a faction within it that feels strongly they don't want you as their mayor? Um, so I would say that everything that
1: I've ever done has been about building a real sense of consensus and common understanding in challenging times and where there hasn't been a lot of agreement Um, and that is one of the most important skills that i think i bring to the table there is absolutely no way that i would have been able to achieve the accomplishments i have single-handedly or by myself Um, i don't believe in a style of leadership that is you know one individual bending the world world to their will which is kind of this old model of of you know leadership that people have in their heads. Um, My style of leadership is a lot on building large uh, integrated systems to come together, changing the way in which people behave. You know, we have to do things differently because we have big problems and the way we're doing things currently is not solving, is not solving them. Um, And by inspiring people to really see a vision for, for not just change, but a way in which people's lives actually become better, whether that's having, um, more tree canopies in neighborhoods and cleaning up areas of the city that have long been left behind to like actually helping young people meet their needs when they're in the in difficult times, helping families stay whole um, and building better school systems for everyone. Um, this is not, I think, a polarizing mission at the end of the day. I think that what's different is that the people who tend to be threatened by this are people who have benefited from a status quo kind of politics that has st- you know, really stratified Philadelphia into those who have and those who don't. And um, my my work has always been to bring bring together people um, in build a large sense of consensus, and then lead with um, what I call a FOMO style of leadership fear of missing out. You don't want to miss what we're doing because what we're doing is actually transformational, and it will be exciting for the city. Um, I believe very strongly that no one's gonna you know, follow this work unless they actually believe in it and they're inspired by it. And so I I work hard to lead with that big vision of where we're going. Um, It's not just about 2023, it's about 2033 and how people are going to live and how children are going to grow up here.
0: Okay. And was a run for mayor always kind of in the plan, the long-term plan? No? No, I would definitely not say
1: that I had a clear eye on elected office, I always felt like the work that we were doing was fundamentally political. Um, you know, the state of our schools is a political conscious decision to leave schools, public schools in particular, and the hundreds of thousands of children and families in them behind. Um, I've always believed that, you know, the lack of jobs and opportunities for black and brown Philadelphians, immigrant communities and, and, and young people was a conscious decision not to really invest all of our efforts around all of that. I have proven in a very short period of time that when government is strategic, unified and invests in communities, we see dramatic changes happen that the things that we thought, uh, you know, held us back don't actually do, you know, that people can see a tremendous opportunity. And I don't think government can do it alone. I think we need to bring lots of partners to the table. We need, um, a real opportunity to see state and federal and regional partnerships that are going in Philadelphia. And that's that's the right thing to do with a city of our size. Um, we should be leading this conversation forward about a new economy, about a healthier, more educated city um, and about a safer
0: Philadelphia for everyone. OK, so when did the plan to run for mayor kind of enter the picture? for you? There's a lot of different factors that came together, but there's no question that the pressing
1: urgency of this moment felt like it needed someone like myself. Um, Many people know what needs to be done in the city of Philadelphia, particularly around safety, particularly around the care and keeping of our schools, particularly around what we can do around jobs and the economy. But very few people have demonstrated a kind of relentless willpower to actually cut through challenging status quo politics, um, bring a more diverse uh, number of people to the table to figure out solutions, and then to bring innovative policies that meet a moment. Um, I think I've been that person all my life. I didn't need a title uh, or an elected office to try to make change. I never sat on the sidelines when people were being hurt or when communities were in distress. I always tried to jump in, um, make sure that we bring a lot of communities uh, and organizations together to figure out really clear solutions and then to drive forward until we were able to see something break through and to see real improvements happen that are experiencing by, experienced by people on the ground. When I came on to City Council, I'll be honest, I was a little skeptical about whether we could see dramatic change. And I think a lot of my time on Council was testing whether this amount of change was not only possible but was desired? And the answer was yes, that I saw time and time again, city agencies become better, more adept and more competent at what they did. I saw organizations that often worked in silos really start working together and continue to work together to figure out and to be nimble and more responsive um, as circumstances changed around them. Even if we had a good idea, you know, sometimes things change and you need to to be adaptive. Um, and I saw people really taking pride in what they were doing. And most importantly, I saw people living better lives. That was really the proof that, that the things that, again, hold us back um, are us. And what we actually need is somebody who has been unabashed, unafraid, and unapologetic about saying government has to work for the people. Here's the top priorities that we're going to pursue, and we're going to bring all of the people to the table to really show that that Philadelphia can lead. And again, as I said, we're not just doing it for ourselves. This country needs new models of transformation and change about how we build affordable housing, how we keep our young people educated, how we're going to keep people safe in the face of unmitigated violence, how we end poverty, and how we build for um, how we build a city that's, that's built for a new millennia and, and dramatic climate changes. Um, Philadelphia should be at the forefront of that leadership, not just for ourselves, but for the country. And um, more, more often than not, I think people are going to le- look at the great American cities and see what we're doing here and recognize um, that we don't have to wait for Congress. We don't have to wait for our state legislatures we have to lead with a local vision for transformative change, pull everybody together with us and deliver new models of, of, you know, of governance and the economy and of investments that are going to drive this nation forward.
0: So if you ended up not being the nominee, would you go back to organizing, do you think? Or would you want to, is there another elective office that you think could bring about that kind of change?
1: Um, I will cross that bridge when we come to it, but I definitely feel like my heart is with making sure that communities and people are stronger and more resilient against the, you know, the circumstances that are happening to them right now. And so my heart will always be with with uh, helping communities become stronger and more resilient than ever.
0: Okay. Thank you so much for giving us this time today. Thank you, Pat. Helen Gim is in the crowded race for Philly mayor. On our next episode, we're talking to Alan Dom about getting rich in real estate and what made him run for city council. We could have saved tens of millions of dollars that we made more money. It didn't happen, of course, whatever reason. But I felt like wow. There's some ideas I can help the city with that really could make a difference. I'm KYW News Radio City Hall Bureau Chief Pat Loeb. You can listen to Who's Running for Philly Mayor on the Odyssey app and all the places you get your podcasts. If you know someone who wants to know more about the candidates, tell them about the show. Thanks for listening.